Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Well, you come out going shopping when you owe somebody money, Johnny. That ain't right. How much you got to I'm going to pay him next week. I'm going to pay you. Who the hell are you? Well, I'm this here private investigator who was sent here this afternoon to uh, find you, but the good doctor here dummied up. It's just, it's too far. My lord, did you just say a serious musician? I don't think so. He called you a cowboy. What did he mean? What are you? Just a humble bounty hunter, ma'am. Hey everyone, this is Chris here at Hurtastic, the Hurtastic Podcast. Um, thanks for tuning in. Um, if you're not familiar with this uh, channel, uh, what we usually try to do on this, uh, usually before it turns into me just kind of giving too much information on my life where I just kind of attack it and make fun of it, which I know you all love to listen to. But what I try to do here is talk about movies and uh, movie news and most importantly, Blu-rays, which is uh, most of the reason why I have a lot of debt besides my student loan debt. But um, if you listen to our last episode, which was called Sacred Text, it's not about The Last Jedi. And if you think it is and you didn't listen to it, I can't fault you there for your own opinions. It's probably wrong because The Last Jedi is amazing. But uh, it definitely had to do um, with Sacred Text considered in religion, which is a more theological episode on the two films I talk about, which are the Leon Maureen Priest, which is a John Pierre Melville picture, and uh, Pierre Pasolini's um, picture called The Gospel According to St. Matthew. Highly recommend those and to check it out. It's on Spotify and on iTunes on the Hurtastic Podcast. But today, we're uh, I'm pretty excited actually to talk today about um, this certain thing, which is called the Criterion Collection. Um, it's a small boutique label that um, I don't think most people know about and I think needs more recognition. And if you can't hint the sarcasm that's already there, it's fine. Um, actually, we all know what this boutique label really is. Um, it's, a, it's an Avegar label that makes people feel more pretentious and talk about films. That's probably a joke. I'm not quite sure. But I have a guest to help me tackle this huge thing. And normally I would ask a few other people, but I miss this guy so much. And it's not because I'm a narcissist because we share the same name. But um, he's a really great YouTuber and he's a good friend. His name's Chris. He was here on episode four um, of this Hurtastic podcast. Uh, he's part of the YouTube channel called Film Stocked, where their latest episode was The 100 Films I Missed, um, which I think is a really great episode. I think you should check it out. But that is the host. His name is Chris. Chris, say hi. What's going on, everybody? I'm Chris over from Filmstocked, and I'm really glad to be here because I'm always looking to expand my Criterion collection. I'm not a huge collector. In fact, I only own around five titles, but you know, I'm always looking to grow. So, especially, I know July is coming up. That big uh, Barnes and Noble sale when they're 50% off. So, I am, I am planning for that. I can't wait. Good, and that's like the key word is you got to plan for these things. These things don't just happen all the time. They happen. Throughout a certain amount of times a year on the calendar for sales because um, they're outrageously priced at $40, $50 a piece. And then they're 50% off where they become a more digestible $20 <laughs> depending <laughs> on your uh, your income, obviously. Uh, but before we get to that main topic today, Chris, um, I kind of want to know, and I, mean, I know the viewers are anxious to know, if they don't follow you on Letterboxd, which is a shame because I love checking your um, your post on there. Um what are some of the recent watches uh, you, you've had lately that on Letterboxd? All right, so I'll go ahead and give three, and I'll save the best for last because that is a, that is juicy, the fact that I hadn't seen it until this week, this past week. But uh, so 
on this live stream show that I do every week on YouTube, uh, we challenge each other to watch like two movies, kind of recent movies that uh, one of us haven't seen. So I was assigned to watch Southpaw, starring Jake Gyllenhaal. And I watched this movie yesterday, and uh, it was all right. You know, I didn't think the script was anything special. Gyllenhaal does the best he can with what he's given, but um, what I really dig is um, the fight scenes, especially that final fight. It is so epic. I was really locked in. The next movie I watched w recently was Big, a classic 80s movie. I don't know why I hadn't seen this one, because I love <laughs> Tom Hanks. Like, who doesn't love Tom Hanks? Right, and, well, um, Shannon, we do. Biggest thing about this movie made me feel like a kid again. One of those like nostalgic movies, even though I didn't grow up with it, I still had nostalgia. I don't know if you feel that too with movies, but I definitely did here, and I'm glad I watched it. But this next movie, I'm 20 years old. I don't know how I had not seen it until now. Saving Private Ryan. Crazy, <laughs> I know, absolutely crazy because I love Spielberg. But uh, this is one of his best movies, hands down. I mean, that opening sequence when they storm the beaches at Normandy. Like, that alone, right, makes it my favorite war movie. And then you get the whole story later on where they have to save Private Ryan and all that. And it is just, it's gut-wrenching in a way, very emotional. And uh, I think this solidified Spielberg as a top three director all time. Like, would you agree? Okay, so what's really interesting, I got that's a lot of good stuff there. Um, Southpaw I haven't seen. I know 50 Cent was in that movie too. He was, yeah. He got a lot of um, recognition for that role. Mm -hmm. um, Tom Hanks, big. Great stuff. Love Tom Hanks. Okay, so Saving Private Ryan. I don't know if you listened to the last podcast or not, but I explained how um, Daniel, Nathan, and a few other friends of mine were doing this uh, Best Picture nominee bracket where it's kind of like March Madness, and I kind of curated the list, and we watched these movies to compete against each other, and we just recently voted on Saving Private Ryan versus The Graduate. Um, and a lot of uh, watching Saving Private Ryan was like the first time in a long time for me. And yeah, okay, so that opening scene makes me cry now. I, I'm a sappy guy now where seeing so much violence like that, which I don't think is weird to say, but seeing so much violence like that and seeing people die is like gut-wrenching to me because that probably that, – that did happen. Uh, but it was beautifully directed. Uh, it is one of his great films. Is it one of my favorites? No, because it's just such a hard movie. But I'm so stunned by the transition Spielberg had at at that time because he's done it plenty of times. But at that time, from doing his things in the '80s like Jurassic Park, um, E.T., you know, Close Encounters, and then he makes this and Schindler's List. Yeah. Like, wow, you know, like crazy stuff. And Tom Hanks, since you were talking about him big, he is great in um, Saving Private Ryan as well. Um, yeah, really good film. It's a tough watch movie, but man, it is good. I'm so I'm so interested that you saw that. Yeah, I don't know how the hell I hadn't seen it before then, dude. It's I mean, hey, it's all good. There's not a race. You're young. You're 20. You're not old like me. I'm 24. If people are curious, but um, there's still a lot of great pictures that I haven't seen. And I sound douchey saying pictures, but I, I must be the Chardonnay and the conversations we're gonna have later on the Criterion Channel. But there's a lot of movies that I've seen. And haven't seen, and I'm embarrassed to say out loud, um, Citizen Kane. I haven't even seen that. That's considered the, one of the best movies ever made. I um, haven't even seen that. Um, I haven't even seen many westerns. If Daniel from Cobwebs is listening right now, and Nathan Jones, they've been adamantly pushing me to watch western movies. Never really seen any. Nor am I in the interest of watching them right now. So um, I'm sure some people are pulling their, their hair right now at hearing that statement, but that's true. So don't feel, I mean, it's not a race, man. It's it's okay, but like this, it's not a race. So that's really cool, dude. 
Um, but the most recent movies I've watched um, were I watched In Bruges for the first time. Very fascinating movie. Uh, it was from the guy who directed Three Billboards. Uh, it was actually his first film. Um, really great movie. It is uh, it is quite the roller coaster in terms of themes and just it's just what it's about is very. It's not. I don't know if you read the back of the the cover of the case. Like <laughs> you're gonna be like, that's like not how the movie is at all. <laughs> but uh, it was a really well made movie, and I really like Brandon Gleason and Colin um, Farrell um, in it. I also recently watched Running Scared with Billy Crystal, which is an awesome buddy cop film that's released on Kino. Uh, and then the last movie I watched was Ibira Horrors of the Deep, which is a uh, Godzilla film from 1966. Uh, which is part of that Godzilla box set I've been working on. And uh, that was a lot of fun, honestly. I really like that movie. So um, nothing too crazy on my end. Nothing groundbreaking like yours so far. So um, really glad you've been watching some good stuff. I actually haven't even seen Southpaw. Um, I forgot yeah, that was, was a movie. It was fine. Like, if you find yourself bored one night, you need like a you want a Gyllenhaal performance, I'd recommend it. But other than that, I probably won't rewatch it again. Okay, if you're looking for a Gyllenhaal performance and you haven't seen this movie yet, I highly recommend watching Enemy from Denis Villeneuve, if I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. Um, I checked that out. I think it's streaming on Netflix right now. Yeah, that's a good one. I don't know how I feel about the ending. I know, like, it's supposed to be ambiguous. It kind of it was kind of pretentious to me but with, like, the, the hidden meanings and stuff. And usually I like to digest, like, stuff like that, really dig deep into it. But I don't know. Enemy, Enemy was good. It was good. Interesting. I just recently rewatched, not rewatched, but watched it for the first time, and you've already seen it. So I'm jealous. I wish I was 20 years old watching movies like that <laughs> instead of rewatching like Nightmare on Elm Street two and um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of movies that I watch a lot at 20 years old. Cold Mountain. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so Chris. We're going to move in. We're going to start talking about some movie news. And I know um, on your channel, you, way more than mine at Filmstock, you and Andy talk a lot about like anticipated movies. Um, oh, yeah. So they think this is way about more your cup of tea. So for things in the movie news right now, this is just a quick shout out if you're not aware. And for the listeners, there's this podcast. There's this, there's this website. There's this Twitter of great people. And their company name is called F This Movie and the F This Movie podcast. And what they do on there is every June, um, at least since I've known them, they do this thing called Junesploitation. And what it is, it's a 30-day or 31-day, because I can't remember how many days are in June, but it's a 30 or 31-day um, film-watching like marathon. So they have different topics for each day um, of the month on a certain genre, and they watch a movie, and they tweet about it, and like what they're watching, and they support each other. It's this fantastic thing. It's basically like a film fest on, you know, on Red Bull. It's just like movie watching gone insane. It's amazing stuff. So if you're looking and you're bored um, and you need to watch some movies, I highly recommend checking out their um, their list, their playlist basically of the movies of the genre that you can put your own movie watches on there. So it's called Junesploitation. Highly recommend checking it out. Um, other things in the news, that new Tenet trailer dropped um, from Christopher Nolan. Did you watch it? Uh, like five or six times, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Last time we talked, I know you were a Nolan guy. So it's like I, I knew I had to bring Tenet up with you. So what did you think? Did you watch it with Andy? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> but um, let me think. So Inception, right? Amazing yeah. movie. I think most people think this. I'm getting massive Inception vibes. And something about this movie that I think is going to be like 
I think John David Washington is going to be an absolute star in coming years. Like we all love Denzel, and this is Denzel's yeah. son, and he is he has nowhere to go but up. I loved him in Black Klansman a few years ago, and right. uh, I think he's going to kill it here. Robert Pattinson is there, and I think he's finally like getting away from the Twilight crap. You know, he's doing stuff like The Lighthouse, Good Time, and now this. He's going to be Batman for God's sake. But I'm excited to see this movie. I think that it's going to be a mind bender for sure, as we get with most Nolan movies. Right. And um, I, I know I'm going to be spending my days like reading articles, watching videos about it, like for weeks after I see it. Okay, so like, is it going to hit theaters or not? Though it just says coming to theaters, and the whole thing with COVID and stuff. And you know, Nolan. I, okay, so like, I'm not the biggest Nolan sympathizer, and it's not because like I don't like his works. I honestly just don't watch a lot of them. I just I'm mostly intimidated by his filmography, <laughs> so I don't watch his movies at theaters for the most time. But I do know their events when they hit theaters. Like you have to see them in theaters, IMAX, you know, 3D, um, with the surround sound and everything. And they say Tenet has to be similar to this. And I'm like thinking, is it going to come to theaters? Will Nolan let that happen if? Like, people can't even go to the theaters and do, like, a VOD? Like, I mean, or is it going to get pushed back? I don't know. So it's interesting because, like, I live in Georgia, and, like, there's a lot of controversy in the news about them right now, but things are (laughs) opening, and, like, it's looking pretty good for us. So, I mean, I know a lot of states are starting to slowly reopen. So, like, by, you know, mid to end July, I think a lot of theaters in most states are going to be open and willing to play this movie. But then you've got California, who's, like, they aren't even letting universities go back for the fall semester. They already decided that. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like, what if there's, like, three or four states that aren't going to open theaters, but all the others do? I don't see how they how they could release Tenet because that's a lot of money, especially in, like, L.A. or, like, oh, yeah. New York, you know? Those mm-hmm. are massive cities for movies. So it's going to be crazy to see what happens. Yeah, I almost wish it does get pushed back. Having, you know, like, it's sad to say, I'd rather movies like that get pushed back than go straight to VOD. Yeah, I, I don't want to watch this movie on VOD. I want to watch this on the biggest screen I can. I will go to right. IMAX for this. Right. Or I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know how you could do that, but like, it makes me nervous because they did say like it's still coming to theaters in that trailer. My and also Robert Pattinson in that trailer. My God, I love that guy. <laughs> I'm Dude, so yeah. excited for his like Batman portrayal, but I'm also like this movie in general. He has a British accent, which is his natural accent. You know, it's like Christian Bale where he can't decide what his accent actually is. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm really excited for it. Uh, but yeah, I was curious what you thought about that. Also, other things in the news since we're talking about movies. Um, the Oscars in 2021 possibly being considered for postponement. Have you heard about that? I have. And this would be like super disheartening for me because I love the Oscars. Like I always, you know, watch all the prediction videos. and I get super mm-hmm. hype. I watch all the best picture nominees leading up to it. It's yeah. one of like my favorite nights of the year, if I'm being honest. And I would hate to see it get postponed. But it would make sense, since a lot of these movies are getting like moved to November and December. It's going to be just like a bum rush of movies towards the end of the year that, one, not everyone's going to get to see, especially Academy voters. I know they get screeners, but still, usually they're spread out throughout the year. Um, That's a good point. And then two, like, it's just like, there's not even that many movies to choose from. If they all, you know what I mean? Right. A no, lot got I moved can't... to 2021, so... Right. No, exactly. So I'm like, I'm curious, like same thing with the tenant, like how are we going to see these movies? And if things get better later on near quote unquote Oscar season, which is that October through December time, maybe some of those movies that would come out in like April and May, AKA like rocket man of last year, hopefully maybe they'll get more traction near 
Oscar season, quote unquote, you know, like during that time frame, they get pushed back. Yeah. Um, that was like kind of my thought at first. And the reason I bring up Rocket Man is because I, I mean, that movie is really good. And then I Bohemian love it. Rhapsody, and Bohemian Rhapsody the year before, prior had way more nominations than Rocket Man even got. And I thought it was a better movie. But that's my, that's besides the point. <laughs> but uh, I'm curious on what they'll do that because Sundance and uh, Cannes, they've already announced that they're going to be doing live streaming um, on, a, on their own streaming services for their festivals. Which is a lot of the times where most of those big um, Oscar nominees kind of put their works out. So if they're going to be doing live streams, so those movies possibly could be still getting made. They could possibly do a streaming service for viewers in that way. I'm kind. I don't know. It'd be weird to see, but everything's weird in 2020 right now. So we'll have to wait and see, right? But I was curious what you'd have to say about that. But the last thing I do want to ask you, um, so Zack Snyder. And HBO Max have announced the Snyder Cut being released in 2021. Please tell me you're hyped for it. All right, I'll give you a quick uh, little background on my my relationship with Zack Snyder. So I've only seen Man of Steel, and I think that it's a really solid Superman movie and one of the better DCEU movies. Batman vs Superman is just a hot mess. I never went back and watched like the long three hour version because I don't really want to put myself through that. I don't care. People say it's better, but like <laughs> if it's got what originally was there it's gonna be it can't be that good i'm sorry and justice league is just a mess like awful looks like a terrible ps2 video game with the graphics <laughs> towards I the end <laughs> and then like it's you could tell the studio interfered because it's they didn't want it to be more than two hours and then joss whedon had interference so it's it's honestly just a mess and what this really shows for me is that like people on social media have a voice and they can really get their opinions to come to fruition in a way because i don't think this would happen if twitter didn't exist but as for like the movie itself i'm not really excited if you want my honest opinion because i'll have to rewatch justice league again and i don't like that movie because <laughs> i'd, I'd want to like compare and contrast and i can't put myself through justice league again and then a vision from a director who's mediocre at best so oh i love it i love <laughs> i love these hot takes chris you're already earning your ticket for another episode on here i love it <laughs> also i have not seen 300 i hear that's a pretty fun one though so 300 is good uh dawn of the dead from 2004 the remake which is a Zack snyder mm -hmm. directed film written by james gunn very good movie um and sucker punch i like oscar isaac has a really good performance in that movie i like sucker punch um but i i get like not the appeal of Zack snyder um so Okay, so let's let's talk about Batman vs Superman, the extended cut. I totally agree with the general consensus is a way better movie. Now, is it a good movie? That's up for debate. I find it is a very entertaining movie, um, but it still has a lot of the stuff like the Martha, the the ugly, ugly Doomsday trash. Um, yeah, uh, but I get that. But there's a lot of like background information and scenes in there. I think that make the movie a lot stand out a lot better than the original cut, one hundred percent. Justice League, I initially liked the movie. I was one of those people who was like, I kind of like that movie. Rewatched it, couldn't even get through it because I was already done with that whole chasey with Stephen Wolf on with the Amazonian women. Yeah. Holy crap, I can't believe they let that happen. Um, but I was an early Snyder um, fan in terms of like release the Snyder Cut. I'll admit it. I was on Twitter saying release the Snyder Cut from time to time. But now that it's being released and reading the details and stuff from, you know, for the years after James, the Justice League came out, you know, 
there's some things that I really do want to see come out on picture because I think this will be an event. And I think I steal that quote from my friend Daniel, host of Cobwebs, just to plug him real quick in saying like, it is crazy that this thing is going to be coming out. Like when you talk about the voice of the internet, I mean, we thought it would stop with Sonic being redesigned, which was, should have never came out in the first place. And then thank God it did. Um, and Sonic went out to be successful. Um, at least from a budget standpoint. Now, critically, I mean, I, I haven't seen the movie. Um, but seeing the Snyder Cut, if we get the things he would had promised that were going to be in that movie, I mean, it's going to be a hot mess, but it'll be an interesting hot mess, is what I'll leave the viewers with and the listeners. Um, I do like your, uh, your, 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 your kind of your opinions on Zack Snyder because, <laughs> you know, he's such a hot commodity when it ter- comes to opinions on him. So thank you for sharing that. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's a great guy, but I don't know about his movies, at least. The ones yeah. I've seen. <laughs> well, speaking of movies, um, there's a, we're going to move to that new segment on the show where we kind of talk about the new Blu-rays uh, I think you should look out for that are being released. Now, I don't have any sweet deals that have dropped in price like last episode, but what Chrissy does have here on the Hurtastic Podcast are some Blu-rays I think that you should consider picking up and spending your hard-earned cash on. Um so this week, that the releases from these boutique labels, because I'm pretentious and I like boutique labels, I'm going to only talk about those right now. So general release Blu-rays, I'm sorry. Um, so Deer Hunter, the best picture winner, um, is getting a 4K release from Shout Select, which is a boutique label from the Shout Factory. We'll also do Scream Factory movies. This is the first 4K release ever from the company, and it's Deer Hunter. A little questionable, I'll agree. I already own it on Blu-ray, so I won't pick it up. But it is being released on 4K, so if you want to be a part of um, home media history for boutique labels, I feel like this is probably a pickup for that. Um, have you seen Deer Hunter, Chris, by chance? I have not, but it's on the list. The 100 movies list. Yes, and it probably should be because Christopher Walken's performance in it is amazing, and so is Robert De Niro. It is a, uh, it's a, it's a movie you watch once and you're probably good after that. I made the mistake of buying it on the cheap, and now I own it, and I haven't seen it since I bought it because the first watch was good enough for me. It's a really good movie, though. Uh, the next movie released is Zombie by our love, uh, our, our, our gore god, Lucio Fulci. So Lucio Fulci, Chris, if you're not familiar, I'm going to just talk about him anyway because I love the man. He's an Italian director who made films in the 80s, and they were Italian films. Uh, his most famous probably is Zombie, which is technically called Zombie 2, um, which is also called Zombie Flesh Eaters, depending on where you're from. And it is a ridiculously gory um, zombie movie of like George Romero-inspired filmmaking. And it has a new 4K release from Blue Underground, which is a horror movie boutique label. Um, so it's a kind of a big deal, but Lucy Fulci did films called like city of the living dead, which is phenomenal. The beyond, which is phenomenal. Um, a sleazy slasher gylo inspired film called New York Ripper, which I haven't seen, but I've been told I need to watch. Um, just Lucio Fulci, his nickname was called the Godfather of Gore for Italian cinema. And I highly recommend his works, Chris. I really do. Um, but yeah, that's kind of a big deal release because also Maniac is also being released, which is another slasher from that era. Um, other things being released uh, this week are Martin Scorsese Shorts, I think is what it's called. The Martin Scorsese Shorts being released by the Criterion. That's being released this week. And as well as Paul Dano's directorial debut film called Wildlife starring Jake Gyllenhaal is being released this week uh, from Criterion. So I don't know. Did you see Wildlife when it was in theaters, Chris? I kind of missed it. No, I didn't get the chance to check it out. 
Yeah, I, I was curious on how it was, but I, I, I unfortunately missed it. So, um, so yeah, those are some movies I think you should check out. Uh, maybe spend your cash on. They're gonna be a little pricier, so you could wait for a sale to hold up. But if you want, if you have it pre-ordered yet and you want some of the pre-order bonuses with it, I definitely recommend it. Um, in terms of updating on my YouTube channel, there really isn't anything on there. Um, other than I really want to change the name because it's ridiculous. But, um, Chris, is, is there any updates on your channel? I think you're, if there, any of your viewers are listening today, want to, you know, hopefully hear some sneak peek stuff. Yeah, so I did just do a 100 Movies I Missed update, so that's awesome. I think Andy and I might be doing our first live stream this week, so that's exciting. And the reason Ooh. for that is we had a surge in subscribers because a good friend of mine, actually my girlfriend, uh, I'm kind of ashamed... I'm ashamed to admit she's a little uh, TikTok famous. I know people have their opinions on TikTok. It's an oh, interesting, no. yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> that's she, like, no, that's yeah, boy, yeah. do we love TikToks in my household? <laughs> she gave me a shout out on there as like a part of a giveaway. She said, "Oh, for an extra entry, you can uh, you know go subscribe to Filmstock and have a better chance at winning." Because she paints these vinyls; they're really cool. Oh, uh, you should check it out if you haven't. And. Um, I gained 100 subscribers, so I'm at almost at 400 subscribers, which is insane to me because I never thought I would get to, like, 300, and I was close to that, but now I'm almost at 400, and that's crazy. Uh, someone thought I was doing... Someone messaged me on Instagram and said, why do you uh, buy subscribers? And I had to have a conversation with them about how I got to... <laughs> you know, why would I waste my money on YouTube right. subscribers? But just to clarify that, but yeah, that's what's coming soon. I think I actually have a collab with Nathan Jones coming soon. Wow, so, that is the sneakiest of peaks I've ever so heard on this channel. Stay on the lookout. <laughs> that live stream sounds awesome. So um, give me more info on that, and I'll post that on Twitter as well to help share that stuff because that Sweet. sounds awesome. Nathan Jones actually just had a live stream, his first ever live stream um, today. That This is Sunday the, the 24th. I totally missed it because I took a nap. But I'm sorry about that, Nathan. But happy birthday. I, I tuned in to that, so that was pretty cool. You're a better friend than than I. And I, I live in the same town as And you. I've never met him in person or you. <laughs> <laughs> if he's listening right now, he's probably pissed off at me, but he probably loves you even more. Um, that's so great though, Chris. The success of your channel, honestly, I've said it before, I love seeing the growth on there. I think this I talked to um Nathan recently, I think even on this channel. I love the community, not just like youtube but like just like like the podcast community just the film collecting community and talk about movies it's mostly on youtube let's not lie but um i love how it's really growing in terms of like connecting so when i first started my youtube channel like two years ago it's still unsuccessful chris has more subs than me and i've done it a little bit longer than him um he's his is better too don't trust me folks it's way better but you know i started i started with nathan and then i started doing my own stuff and then we hooked up with Daisuke, who is like the Criterion God, and then um, Cartoon Fortress with uh, David Harrington, and then Lauren's con- con- um, Lauren's collection. Remember watching her stuff, and then watching your stuff when it came out, and then Elliot Cohen, who's been around for a long time, has blown up since. Serial at Midnight has blown up since. It's like this this whole community. I'm not even saying I'm like a part of them, but just like just this community of us doing the same things has grown, and I've seen so many more collabs more than ever. Um, Nathan. Um, he did something with Elliot. You just did something with Nathan Hale, who does stuff with Criterion stuff all the time. Um, you guys have blown up. I mean, that stuff's like really great to see as just a viewer and also as a YouTuber. And I'm really excited for like the future of like what this is going to look like. So I'm, I, I just wanted to let you know that on air 
I think that's really cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, I love collabing. I'm always trying to meet new people. And YouTube, like, I was so, like, going back and watching my first video, I was so awkward and, like, really uncomfortable. And I think that I've really come out of my shell a little because of it. So I'm very happy with that. And meeting all the new people is awesome. Like, I've, I've, do a weekly live stream with some people I didn't even know like a year ago. So that's just crazy, mm -hmm. you know? Yep. It's funny that this is my podcast and Chris is more famous than me and probably more <laughs> well-liked in the community. If you're listening now, that's a true statement. It's very true. Um, also, this is another episode you're on and Andy is nowhere to be found. So I am hella cheese right now. Um, where is that yeah. guy? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I don't even he's, know right now. He, he's watching a Tarantino movie somewhere. Or The Dark Knight. <laughs> that's, <laughs> oh, that's great stuff, though. I'm, I'm really happy to hear that, Chris. I'm really excited to see that collab with you and Nathan. That's the So we're in a group chat, and that, 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 that thing he's been always teasing about, like a secret video coming out, I guess now I know the secret, Nathan. So that's great to know. Um, anyway, those who are listening now and like wondering when Chris is going to talk about the best picture nominee bracket, there's no update. I was lazy this week. We didn't update it. We were supposed to vote on, get this, Chris, we were going to vote on which movie should advance between Fargo and Goodfellas. So, we well, that's interesting that. because I watched Fargo for the first time this past month as well. I just didn't really? mention it at the beginning, yeah. Oh, yeah, you betcha. Did you like it? Um... <laughs> It was my least favorite Coen Brothers movie. Granted, here are the Coen Brothers movies I've seen. Big okay. Lebowski, which is like mm -hmm. the most rewatchable and one of the best comedies ever. No Country for Old Men, which is a masterpiece. Mm -hmm. um, True Grit, which is a really great modern Western, I think. And I like the yeah. original too. And then uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, which I also really dig. I've seen yeah. that one a few times. And then Fargo. So, I mean, like, I don't know. I guess I had massive expectations. It's more, I know it's about like, these simple people get thrown into an absurd situation. That's like the premise of the movie, but right. I guess I wanted more. I don't know. If you want a good Coen Brothers film that's on the Criterion Collection, I highly recommend I know what you're about Lewis to say. Yep. I knew you were going to say that. That's one that um, Nathan Hale recommended to me recently, and it's on, my, it's on my list, so I will get to it this year. And I love Oscar Isaac, and it's about like folk music, I think, so that's yep. pretty cool. Yep. Oh, okay. So Nathan Hale recommended to it. Oh, I like that guy so much more now than yeah. I already did. Uh, Chris, since you're a movie collector, I, I know you're not like super like, you know, you're not like Elliot Cohen who's, who, who has like a whole wall mount full or like Nathan who builds shelves to fit his stuff on there. But have you made any Blu-ray pickups lately that, uh, that maybe some viewers should know about? Yeah, I have. I'm going to have a Blu-ray haul coming at the end of the month, but I'll give a sneak peek. Let's see. I want to hear your thoughts on this movie because like, I know it's kind of forgotten. Let's see. Mystic River. What are your oh. thoughts on Mystic River? I picked okay, it up so, on eBay. Oh, nice. I, I've only seen it once, and okay. I think I was too young. I was like 17 or 18 when I watched it, and I was feeling a little bored by it until like it started to turn up. And Sean Penn in that movie for me was like amazing. Like seriously, like Sean Penn in that movie is great. Um, it's due for a rewatch for sure. Um, my roommate Seth, I believe, watched it, and he thought it was really good. So nice job there. Yeah, I actually gave it five stars on Letterboxd because it really just hit me. I think Sean Penn gives like one of the best like leading actor winning performances at the Oscars ever. And uh, Tim Robbins was like, he was like really great. He was just such a like disturbed person because he was scarred as a child. And uh, right. I don't know. It's my favorite directorial effort from Eastwood. Easily. What else did you pick up? Let's see. I got, um, this was an eBay steal. Disney Movie Club exclusive. 
holes. This is oh. like one of the films of my childhood, dude. I don't know if you watched my uh, collab with Nathan Hale, where we ranked our mm-hmm. live action Disney movies, but this made the list. Yep. Shia LaBeouf yep. like was in every great thing as a kid. He was in the Even Stevens movie and yep. show Holes. He was in like Transformers, which I liked that movie. I did. Yeah, I did too. And uh, Disturbia, a weirder one. Disturbia's but, uh, good. He was in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which I I actually still like that movie. I don't care. I saw that movie on my birthday <laughs> when it came it's, in theaters. It's definitely like not a good movie, but I still enjoy it. So. Yeah, it's crazy that they tied aliens. Spoilers if you haven't seen the movie. <laughs> Um, yeah, he plays Mutt, I believe is his character name in that movie. Um, yeah, Mutt. Shoot, dude. I didn't know Holds even had a Blu-ray. I'm jealous of that. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a steal. Like, I looked, the dude gave me, like, a nice offer and everything. It was already, it was factory sealed, so it's crisp opening it. One of the best feelings as a collector, I think, is taking the <laughs> shrink wrap off of a Blu-ray. I love yes. it. Yes. Oh, Inject God. that into my veins. That's right. Please don't get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> um... Dude, all right. So for my pickups, um, honestly, I have only two as well. I I picked up uh, Serpico, a Sidney Lumet film from the MOC, which is a a Eureka-branded copy. Um, MOC stands for Masters of Cinema. That's actually like their label call. That's like what it's called. So Eureka is a Region B label from the UK. Similar in ways to um, Criterion. And uh, their Masters of Cinema is basically like they're more like pristine, basically like Arrow Academy, essentially. Um, so I picked up the Serpico copy on there. And um, I'm really excited to rewatch that movie. It's as Al Pacino in it, and it's based on a true story. Um, it's an early seven, mid-70s film, really good stuff. Um, so excited to rewatch that. I'd rather want, spend the extra money to get that label than just a regular Blu-ray. Which they're same. The cover is basically the same, though, which is kind of a bummer. But it has a spine number. So if like collectors know about that, like how can you not buy a movie with a spine number on there? <laughs> and then the next movie <laughs> I picked up was, uh, well, actually I didn't pick up. It was actually given to me as a birth, a belated birthday gift from uh, my birthday is in April. And, um, Daniel, um, from pod, uh, cobwebs, I tweeted it out. He, for my birthday, got me the screen factor release of creep show, which is like a beautiful released film. Um, nobody can see it, but I'm going to show it to Chris so he can, um, know what it looks like. Um, so it is a anthology horror movie and it's like worth like $30 right now. And I already own creep show as a standard Blu-ray, but this thing is like packed to hell with like bonus features. It has a booklet. I love creep show to death. It is like my favorite anthology horror movie. Um, it's George A. Romero and Stephen A. King combined uh, efforts together to make um, an anthology horror movie, and it's just amazing. So thank you, Daniel, for giving me that. And always subscribe to Cobwebs if you're listening in on me. It's way better than my podcast you're listening to. So those are the only pickups I had. (laughs) Um, But the next thing, I hope everyone has had the patience to stick around. We are going to talk about the criterion Uh, but the criterion collection is a series of films that are deemed important to dutch's film history but to film um aficionados film geeks uh film critiques i don't know but it's 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 a big deal label and it has a lot of hard to get pictures on there um but so there's going to be a sale and they're going to be 50 percent off so it'll be about 20 bucks a piece box sets will probably be around 50 dollars or so um criterion I didn't start collecting until three years ago with my first purchase of the Squid and the Whale, which I did a really cringy video on. But it's by Noah Bombach. Highly recommend it. 
Um, but Chris, do you remember your first uh, Criterion pickup? Yes, I do. It was 12 Angry Men. I feel like that's the most basic answer there is, but it's no, one of the so jealous. Dude, it's one of the best <laughs> movies ever made, so I had to get it. Yeah, and it's Sidney Lumet. Oh, yeah. And thanks to you, I actually... Yeah, thanks to you, I watched uh, Dog Day Afternoon this past, two months ago for the first time, and I loved it. Really? I'm trying to find it right... I'm trying to find it right now yeah. in my collection just to show up, but bam, like, there it is, Dog Day Afternoon. God, yeah. I love Al Pacino. I need to pick up the blue right now, because the opening, like, 30 to 45 minutes, I was locked in the whole time. Oh, good, dude. I'm so happy you've seen that movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, God, that movie's so good. And if you're gonna pick it up, don't pick up the one with the red slipcover. Pick up the original theatrical poster p- version of it right here, because... I just think it's a better transfer, honestly. Yeah. Um, and the bonus feature is just a little bit better. Um, but no, so Criterion is having a bunch of new releases, Chris, that I, I think I'm really excited for. Um, to to kind of highlight a few of them. So the Agnes Vardis box set has just recently been announced. It's going to be coming out. That's going to be a big-ass deal. That's like Bergman-style big deal, you know? Like all her works, including her shorts on there from the French New Wave, that's a big deal, especially since her lover and husband um jacques demi has his own box set in the collection that's going to be a big deal um not only that but there's a bruce lee box sale as well being released and i mean i don't know about you but i've seen a few bruce lee films and i'm kind of a fan i've seen none of his work sadly (laughs) yeah no it's okay watch enter the dragon first it has john saxon who is like a god to me in terms of actors Mm mm-hmm check that movie out first it has a story standard blu-ray really easy to get and then way of the dragon i would say after uh but then also marriage story earlier this year got announced is being released as well as the irishman and parasite so best picture nominees all getting released um that's a big deal too um marriage story doesn't have a release date i know that'll be the first one that gets released um but i don't know when that'll be um having a, a street date um, War of the Worlds, the H.G. Wells original from the 1950s, has a Blu-ray release coming out, which will should be available during that sale. And then the recent film, The Portrait of a Lady on Fire, as well, has been confirmed to be released um, this year, which should also be available during the Criterion sale. Some really interesting stuff, Chris. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I've seen one Agnes Varda movie in a film class. It was Vagabond. Uh yes. Yeah, so I haven't seen much other of her work, so I don't really have an opinion on her, but it's pretty cool that she's getting her own box set. Yeah, it is really good. Um, I've seen only two works from her. One was a short with uh, Jean-Luc Godard, who mm-hmm. did Breathless, and Vivir Civi. I just got to flex my French there a little bit. I'm slurring my words because the Chardonnay actually is hitting a lot harder than I anticipated. <laughs> Um, but I'm also about a buck fifty or less, and in terms of personality, a lot less. And then I watched more than half of Cleo from five to seven. So technically, mm. I've seen one and a half of her films, and I really like the stuff. And I love the French New Wave in general. So I'm pretty excited. I don't know if I'll get it on release like I did with the Bergman set. The Bergman set, I think, was way more of a commitment that I think I fulfilled somewhat of it. Nathan Jones would probably disagree with that, but dude, that is I, a big deal. I remember this is before we'd ever collabed, but like. I remember I was watching the videos of you two going through that, and like, that just completely fell through. <laughs> you guys, I guess you, I assume you just kept watching them, but like the videos just stopped, and I was like, oh, oh well. You know what, Chris? Because you noticed that, and you're the only person on my OnlyFans page who's noticed that. <laughs> Nathan, I might try and convince to go back and do that because we stopped after opening night, and then we started on Centerfold One, which is the next segment of that box set. And we stopped because he went to China. And then we never went back. Mm-hmm. 
I've never seen a Bergman movie, so I'm sure your your subscribers are probably like want to burn me at the stake, but you know. <laughs> Oh, please. My subscribers are probably middle school kids and um, guys who probably want to laugh at cringe. I'm probably on a cringe compilation at this point, so don't think too much of that. Chris, I know you don't buy too many of them, which I'm, I'm envious. I wish I could not be so compulsive during sales like this. But I, what are three movies from the collection that you own that you want to flaunt? Like, what are three that are like, yeah, these are my go-tos? All right, so I got them all right here, and I already talked about this earlier, but 12 Angry Men. Pull the switch. Ever since you walked into this room, you've been acting like a self-appointed public avenger. You want to see this boy die because you personally want it, not because of the facts. You're a sadist. <laughs> you don't really mean you'll kill me, do you? It's, I think, one of the most definitive like black and white films ever made. I think everyone yes. should watch this movie at some point in your life because if I really enjoy, like confined movies where it's all t takes place at one location and mm -hmm. this is like the origin of that i feel like the dialogue is stellar i mean like it's one of the best written movies i've ever seen and Sidney lamette is one of those directors that i need to explore a little more but this was like his first massive hit i believe i could be wrong mm -hmm. but uh i highly enjoy it and just seeing one juror like think that the man the kid is innocent everyone else thinks he's guilty they just want to get out of there because it's like a really hot day and you really feel that tension but uh, seeing people, you know, slowly start to change their minds and t the conflict just continues to arise, it's very well done. And this is a movie that everyone should watch and probably my favorite criterion, honestly. Um, yeah, I rewatched that and I was like, oh, my God, this is a perfect movie. We used to watch it in high school, like it's like a film is film is a film history course I took in high school and we watched it. And I was like, yeah, it's really good. Yeah. But like rewatching it, I was like, man, it's like amazing. It's great stuff. Yeah. What else do you have? I'm curious. What are the other two? So, he didn't tell me. Spo no spoilers here, yeah. folks. Like, he didn't tell me. Uh, this won Best Picture in 1954. And honestly, well, first of all, it's on the waterfront. Every morning, when the hiring boss blows his whistle, Jesus stands alongside you in the shape-up. He sees why some of you get picked and some of you get passed over. He sees the family men worrying about getting their rent and getting food in the house for the wife and the kids. He sees you selling your souls to the mob for a day's pay. The next bum that throws something deals with me. I don't care if he's twice my size. Now, what does Christ think of the easy money boys who do none of the work and take all of the gravy? And how does he feel about the fellas who wear $150 suits and diamond rings on you union dues and your kickback money? Uh, probably my favorite mm -hmm. set I own, like my favorite movie I own on Criterion's 12 Your Men. But this set is just beautiful. You've got uh, uh, Marlon Brando on the front. And I think this is like a hot, a hot take apparently, but I think that uh, his performance in this movie, it might honestly be his best. I know he's the godfather, but like this is a fantastic performance. This scene, um, he's with his brother in the car, you know. <sighs> I could have had class. I could have been a contender. Like I love that. It's just so great. And it's one of the few like black and white movies i own i know that sounds like i'm just oh he's just mainstream he says black and white but i mean <laughs> it is what it is uh yeah i love this movie it's due for a rewatch though i've only seen it once and i need to revisit it soon highly highly uh entertaining in a way but yeah glad i own it what do you think yeah of this no movie? i dude i watched for the first time last year mm -hmm. and i was floored i was stunned i was like movies prior to the 70s were like this yeah. you know 
And in the 50s, really? Like, the 50s kind of started to change what film was in terms of what could be an Academy Award-nominated mm-hmm. movie, or just what movies in general were. And I think it was this movie, for sure, was a predecessor of what the 70s were to come, kind of, like, dark and a little bit more gritty yeah. with protagonists trying to be hopeful in these ugly situations. This movie's amazing. And honestly, this movie, this Criterion release actually has some of the best supplements mm-hmm. of any of the releases I own. Um, there's a Scorsese supplement on there where he just talks about Ellie Kazan in terms of like what Marlon Brando was and what it meant for film when this movie came out. And whenever Scorsese talks, honestly, you have to listen, you have to you pay do. attention to. Unless it's about bad-mouthing Marvel. Oh, <laughs> you know what? I'm glad you brought that up to plug me some more. So if you want to hear about the uh, the Scorsese controversy, episode two of the Hurtastic podcast, it has to deal with uh, Scorsese that controversy where I have Daniel from Cobwebs on there. Um, but anyway, I, yeah, I, I agree there. Um, but man, this movie is amazing. Ellie Kazan, his filmography I've been discovering, like not on like purpose, like I'll watch this movie and it's an Ellie Kazan picture and I'm like, okay, cool, great. I know who he is and I like his stuff. I haven't seen a bad movie from him yet though. You should watch A Face in the Crowd, which is a Criterion release. God, that movie's phenomenal. So I've seen, I haven't seen that one, but I have seen A Streetcar Named Desire. I watched it senior year in an AP mm-hmm. lit class, but I really dug yeah. it. It's like, Stella! <laughs> What's your third movie, then? So this is Spy number 1027, so it's a new release. Oh. The Great Escape. You have other plans? I haven't seen Berlin yet, from the ground or from the air, and I plan on doing both before the war is over. Are all American officers so ill-mannered? About 99%. Then perhaps while you are with us, you will have a chance to learn some. Ten days isolation hilts. Captain hilts. Twenty days. Right. Oh, uh, you still be here when I get out. You talked to me about uh, yeah, this. I'm I told you I was going to pick it up, and I'm so happy I did because, yeah. like, it's one of my top three <laughs> favorite war movies, but it's more of a prison movie, which I always go off on the channel about how I love prison-based movies. And this yeah. is, like one of the peak ones you have to watch this if you haven't seen it uh steve mcqueen was like the man growing up i always watched this movie the original magnificent seven and bullet with my dad like those were like the three mcqueen movies i always went to but he's just so cool in this movie and seeing how they plot to get out of the prison is it's extraordinary honestly how they actually did it with the the way they dug underground and they made like a tunnel system with like these little scooters yeah. that you would like ride around on in like elementary school but but it's very creative the way they got out of there and that lasts like 45 minutes to an hour when the whole prison break actually does go down. Some of the most intense stuff ever. And I wish this movie won Best Picture. I really do because it's a feat. I love it. Um, definitely check it out if you haven't. And the cover art is just so cool. With Steve McQueen's head poking out in the yeah. prison tower in the back there. It's awesome. In- interesting. What year did that film camp come out? I'm showing my ignorance there. I want to say 1963. Yes, 1963. Interesting, and it didn't win Best Picture. That movie's iconic. I mean, Tarantino even references it in uh, Once Upon a Time. Dude, I I love that scene. The cooler for 40 days. And then he's like, he just walks off like that. So good. What's our plans? I haven't seen Berlin yet from the ground or from there, and I plan on doing both before the war is over. 10 days isolation hills. Captain Hills. 20 days. Right. Oh, uh, you'll still be here when I get out. But um, have you seen The Great Escape? No, I haven't. I have not it. seen 
I have not seen The Great Escape. I, I need to. Uh, I, I did see Papillon, which is a Warner Archive released mm-hmm. film with Dustin Hoffman, which I actually have somewhere. I wasn't super crazy about this movie, but I definitely understand if you love the genre of like prison break films. Um, this is a movie I, sh- I definitely would recommend then if you like those kind of films. I'm not super crazy about them, but I do want to watch more Steve McQueen, which is why like War of the Worlds is something that really fascinates me. No, not War of the Worlds. Um, excuse me. The Blob. Yeah, yeah. Um, which he's in really fascinates me so that no chris those are three really great picks um they're probably better than mine except for maybe one and the only reason i say that is based on a monetary value not on the taste person so like don't get offended by that um <laughs> i feel I really douchey saying that <laughs> you're that you're the epitome of the pretentious criterion collector aren't you <laughs> i'm just kidding yeah so i do it as a facade to get I know, views I know. and subscribers and it's not <laughs> working so i need to come up with a new business model so the three movies i have in the collection that i absolutely love um is uh, a recent rewatch for the fifth time is francis ha by noah bomback thanks for paying that's very sweet you're a lady I'm sorry, but the card didn't go through. Do you have another card you want to try? Oh, shit. Sorry. Um, uh, this is a debit card? Only credit cards are cash. Okay. I'm so embarrassed. I'm not a real person yet. Um, this movie is like the epitome of like trying to figure out your life when it's almost too late. It has Greta Gerwig starring, and Noah directs this movie in black and white. And the supplements on this film is phenomenal. So he's definitely paying homage to the French New Wave in this film because it's black and white. The the cuts of the film, the uh, the, the 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 really slice of life kind of story. It's not going to change the world or anything like that. It's just a story about this one girl trying to figure her damn life out because life is too damn complicated and it has a lot of turns. What's wrong with that? I definitely resonate with this movie. I'm definitely undateable, and uh, I just. Even though it's from a female perspective, there's a lot in this movie I relate to, and I absolutely cherish this movie. Um, the next movie I want to talk about, Chris, have you, I hope you've seen this movie. It's from 1955. It's Charles Lawton's only film debut film. It's um, The Night of the Hunter. This is concrete. John made a sin. John told a lie. The lords are talking to me now. He's a saying... A liar is an abomination before mine eyes. Speak, boy, where's it here? <laughs> Speak. <laughs> Speak or I'll cut your throat and leave you to drip like a hog hung up in butchering time. Pearl, shut up, Pearl, you swore. You could save him, little bird. I haven't seen it Have you yet. seen this? I have not, and I'll be honest with you. This might upset you. I was super mm-hmm. tired, like, probably a week or two ago. I... I turned this on because it's on Amazon Prime now, and I think I fell asleep, but it's not... I don't think that's, like, fair to the movie. I was just really tired. <laughs> no, no, I totally get you. Do, you do want to be up when this movie's on. Yeah. Um, because there's so many parts... I, I, I feel like when you watch it, it's not, like, bleh, scary, I got you kind of scary, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's more like, oh, man, when I think about this movie, it's kind of terrifying, you know? Yeah. Because of Robert Meacham. Robert Meacham in this movie is phenomenal. He might be one of my favorite antagonists in any movie ever. So he's a priest who's also... he. Well, he's not a priest. He's a convict who disguises as a priest. And he's trying to steal this fortune from these two little kids. And these two little kids run away from this man. Um, and eventually it comes down to a final showdown. Um, the next, the last thing I want to talk about is this big boy, which is the Godzilla box set.
Um, the reason I want to talk about it is because it is a gorgeous release at spy number 1,000. This thing got so much hate and so much controversy for being spy number 1,000. Um, I remember having arguments with Nathan about why it should, why he thought it should have been Citizen Kane, and I said, no, a box set of Godzilla would be amazing. And it's also because, like, as a child, I just loved Godzilla. So, <laughs> you know, like, like big monster movies was, like, a big deal for me. So, like, I was a little more biased. But going through this thing... Like, I'm going through this whole set. I own every Godzilla movie on, like, you can own, except 98 for whatever reason. <laughs> Probably for obvious reasons. Um, but this thing is gorgeous. I, I, I'm all the way through Ibira, Horrors of the Deep, and I'm about to watch Son of Godzilla, which I know is notoriously bad. But um, I really enjoy this box set. I think it's, honestly, I think it's one of the most gorgeous things I've ever seen from any sort of medium in terms of home video releases this thing is beautiful it's like a comic book it has the graphic art the the notes of this thing is just phenomenal um even if you're not into godzilla um i probably would just pick up the original 54 godzilla i wouldn't buy the box set because a lot of these are really cheesy and for a very niche audience but um yeah this thing is like i love this thing it's like a it's like a baby to me <laughs> yeah that thing is like a behemoth honestly Oh yeah, it's no, it's by no like reason why it's like a huge big thing. You know, people complain about it doesn't look good on my shelf, which it's like that's such a Criterion collector thing to say. Yeah. But um, you know, that's just my opinion on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Chris. So, so we talk about what we own. So the sales in July. What are the three things you plan to buy? Alright, so I definitely have more than three I would like to buy this time around, which is rare. But one of them, <laughs> because of Tenet coming out, I want to pick up Following, his uh, directorial debut. I want to pick it up because I've seen this movie one time. It was like online, kind of crappy quality. So I definitely mm -hmm. want to see it on the Criterion transfer because those are they're just, they just have gorgeous transfers, if we're being honest. They really yeah. do. But this movie's very unique. You can tell that it has a lot of ideas that... They couldn't be fully executed because of the budget, and when he made Memento, it was like the fully fleshed out version of his idea for following, in my opinion. But uh, it's an underrated movie, and it's probably like my least favorite Nolan movie, just because what followed following, see what I did there? But what followed that movie, <laughs> it's like spectacular. He's one of the best working directors today, and it's really crazy, but I need to go back and revisit this one, so I'm going to pick up that. And another okay. one I would like to get is, um, I haven't seen this movie the Game, directed by David Fincher. Uh, it's one of the few Fincher films I haven't seen. Like, I love him. Social Network's my favorite, but I also love Fight Club, Seven, Gone Girl. Mm -hmm. Like, he, He's one of the best directors working today as well. But I really do want to pick this movie up because I know it stars Michael Douglas, and I hear that it's kind of crazy what happens. I've, I don't even really know much about it. So this is one that I want to check out. Interesting. Yeah, and then... I haven't seen The Thing either. Or The Game, excuse me. Yeah, and then the, the next one is like probably the big one it's more expensive it's on the 100 movies i miss list and that's akira kurosawa's seven samurai i've never seen this movie and i love the magnificent seven the one with steve mcqueen and yul brenner from like 67 maybe or like it's from the 60s and i even enjoy the denzel remake that just came out a few years ago but uh the seven samurai was the inspiration for these movies and as like a massive fan of films this is a movie that i just have to watch i know i do it's been on my list forever and I think I'm going to finally pick it up and watch it. And I feel like I'll like it. So I, that's why I'm going to blind buy it. But yeah, this. what are your thoughts on Seven Samurai? 
Okay, so I saw Seven Samurai for the first time with Seth and Nathan. And we just put an afternoon. We watched Paris, Texas, this movie. And then we double featured um, two Dragon Ball Z movies, uh, Wrath (laughs) of the Dragon and uh, I think Cooler's Revenge. Really great great DBZ movies if you're an anime guy. Um, But Seven Samurai, Seth and I ended up watching. And oh my God, talk about epic. That movie is flawless. It is so great. Um, the acting superb. The action stands out really well, and the message behind it of like being the the weak trying to defend against this tyranny. I think you still see that in modern movies today. And that was my first Akira Kurosawa film, and it's like I want to watch more because of him. Like when people like interpret that movie afterwards, I definitely understand why that movie is so good. I actually own it. Um, it's a used copy, so I know the peers are probably going to hate me for it. But um, this movie in its release is gorgeous. Uh, I definitely think you should pick it up. You should watch it with a buddy. A buddy. So, like, Andy would be great for it if you could get a chance with him. If you could um, get someone you like, like who loves movie and appreciates film, yeah. this would be a good companion film. Because I feel like if I watch it by myself, I would still really like it a lot. But the fact that I watch it with my roommate, Seth, who's a big one, he loves Asian cinema. Mm-hmm. Um but two, because he just he's a he, he graduated the film degree at MSU, um, he just the appreciation the conversation we had after it was such a great time. I think that's something I want people to experience when they watch this movie. Yeah, I mean I, I'm so excited to check it out. Like I know it's gonna be awesome. Three movies I do want to pick up during the sale because I I don't want you to think I'm a cheapskate that just says I buy movies but I don't. Um, three movies I do want to buy: His Girl Friday from 1940, Cary Grant amazing in this movie it is a perfect film and it comes with the billy wilder film the bonus features i'm told um that i definitely want to check out so because it has a kino release by itself i've seen that one i watched it in a film class and uh i think that my professor said it's like one of the fastest movies like spoken movies ever like the dialogue is like rapid fire not oh it is absolutely when carrie grant says the paper hildy the paper it's like the great stuff and she just goes oh walter i love you in such a, what does he, she say? In a repulsive kind of way, I believe. And I'm like, oh, I'm sold on this movie already. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm going to pick up His Girl Friday. Uh, recent watch, Ghost World. I definitely plan on buying that because it's just a deadpan, angsty, teenage, coming-of-age film that just I resonate with because I'm juvenile as well. <laughs> totally going to buy that. Um, and then the last movie, I think I will finally purchase uh, 12 Angry Men nice because that's a must own it I'm, is. Je- I'm jealous you have it i might go to georgia and pick yours up actually and save my money <laughs> <laughs> you have to pry it from my cold dead hands right 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 well, pirates <laughs> 2 reference there uh-oh pirates 2 <laughs> um <laughs> but no okay so what are three movies because this is what i really want to talk about yeah. what are three movies you'd love to see in the collection like what are chris Bowie from film stocks three movies he wants to see from criterion So I just had inspiration for one idea. I'll save that for my last one. But uh, a movie I would love to see is It's a Wonderful Life. uh, with uh, That's Frank Capra's It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, Jimmy Stewart. Mm -hmm. It's like one of the classic movies ever, and I feel like most people have seen it, especially around like Christmas time is when I'll watch it because it is a Christmas movie. But it really has some deep themes and like touches on like life and while you might think your life doesn't mean a lot it usually affects someone else so very deep and it's honestly powerful it brings me to tears at the end like i get teary-eyed i would love for for it to get a criterion release i already have the blu-ray but a criterion would be awesome Uh, another one that i would love to see i own the blu-ray as well is casablanca 
I can already picture, mm. like, the beautiful yeah. cover, cover art they could do of, like, the iconic shot of them by the plane. That would be awesome. And I think that's also one of, like, the uh, classic films, that, a quintessential film everyone has to see if you love movies. It's it's just so great. Uh, here's looking at you, kid. Like, uh, Bogart <laughs> is so good in that movie. I really do love it. And the last okay. one I would love to see is, like, a Hitchcock, like, of his, like, absolute hits. Like, Psycho, like, a box set with, like, Psycho, Rear Window, Vertigo, uh, like the birds north by northwest. I haven't seen the birds north by northwest. I have them in a set back there, but just seeing all of them on a Criterion uh, release would be awesome because I think he's one of the greatest directors of all time, hands down. And I know he has like Notorious is on um, Criterion and some other ones. I think Rebecca might be. I haven't seen those, yep. but they are on Criterion. Uh, so a box set for him with like his massive hits would be awesome. Um. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. That would be cool. That's also Jimmy Stewart, and I believe, I want to say Frank Capra directed that as well. So yeah, that would be you cool. Probably are, yeah, you would, you'd probably write on that. I am curious, what are your thoughts on movies that have Blu-ray releases being added to the collection? What does the collection mean to you? And if it has a Blu-ray release, justify why it should be in the collection as well as a Blu-ray. That's a great question. Uh, well, I'm not like a diehard Criterion collector. I think... I only own five, in fact, so, like, that's just mm-hmm. a fact. But yeah. um, something about holding, like, a Criterion, like, the clear case, and it just, mm-hmm. it, it makes the film feel more special in a way. I don't know if that makes sense. And like, Yeah, it does. Adding it to a collection, like, it just feels like it's a classic, and it's honestly kind of, like, if we're being honest here, it's cool to display them, and it makes it seem like you're, you're, like, a, a cool, <laughs> like, film fan. <laughs> I sound so, like, weird right now, but you know what I mean? It feels. It makes you feel like, oh, I, I own this movie that's like a classic, even though I do enjoy it. Like, putting it on the shelf, I don't know. It feels good. No, dude, I totally understand. I mean, <laughs> I'm all about trying to look cool when I'm not cool. I'm totally about that. Um, no, I do. When, it comes, when I think about the Criterion Collection, there's two things I think about. One, an amazing boutique label that puts out films that are almost impossible to get and watch. And then the other side of it is the facade of trying to look cool and buy movies where you have like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. okay. So there's people who will brag about spending $500 on a criterion haul and they never watch the movies. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll buy them and be like, Oh, I bought this thing. Really cool. I don't know this person's work, but it's a buzzword that'll get me clicks. I get that. Yeah, totally do. One thing with me is like, I've always not only for criterion, but like movies in general, if I buy it, like I've, usually rarely blind by like i make sure it's a movie that i'm actually going to rewatch and enjoy uh, i've actually sold mm-hmm. movies that i bought like on a whim if i don't like them mm-hmm. so i'm usually true yep. to myself in that way oh yeah no i've noticed that on your channel you definitely do say i've seen this movie before i like it and you buy like a cool edition of it yeah aka those steel books yes my god <laughs> steel books are gorgeous they really are um i gotta almost drink to that i hope youtube doesn't put me <laughs> on like a blacklist i but wish i had one that, with you <laughs> <laughs> right um, you're only 20, dude. Calm down. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, but here's the thing. So those people, I love to make and read memes on that. But the other part of it is like, I get it. They're, they feel like they're part of this great thing. And I think that's what the label stands for. It stands about bringing people together in film. And though I love Screen Factories and I love like Arrow releases and stuff like that, um, Criterion just has like this like extra weight on it, and I totally get that. So I was like, I was curious, like what what did it mean to you? To me, it's just an access way to watch cool movies and get cool labels for it, yeah. like cool packaging for it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, like, the three movies I want to see in the collection are actually DVDs or almost, like, hard-to-get films. So, I've been adamant. I made a YouTube video on it before. I want to see Billy Wilder's Best Picture winner from 1945, The Lost Weekend, to get a freaking Criterion release. They have Some Like It Hot. They have Ace in the Hole. Um, why don't they have Billy Wilder's The Lost Weekend, which won Best Picture in 1945? It has only a DVD release. It has a Blu-ray that is somewhat available, but the Steelbook, they also, the companion to it, is out of print. Um, there, it's a, it's a Eureka Masters of Cinema release, and it's hard to get as a Blu-ray, but it's Region B. Why not get it as a Region A? They have Billy Wilder works in the collection. That movie won Best Picture. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. It's in the top five for sure. It has Ray Milland in it, who's also been in the collection before with, uh, The Uninvited. How have they not purchased the rights to put this movie out? I don't understand. I really don't. A movie about alcoholism, about journalism, about these things that from a, one of the best directors of American history that they have not put out yet. I don't know how. I really don't. Um, that's my number one. Uh, my number two I really want to see is a, it's an indie film um, called Thumbsucker. It has a DVD release. I think I talked about it before on this channel. Um, it has a... It, I forget his name. His name's like... I think Pico is his last name, uh, but it has Vince Vaughn in it. It's basically about this kid who has like dyslexia and ADHD or ADD, mm-hmm. and he's at a debate team, and it's a coming-of-age story, and he's trying to like navigate going through high school, and it also starts Keanu Reeves as well, and it's a really good coming-of-age movie, and I think it doesn't even have a Blu-ray release at all, and it's really good, and I think the Criterion should put out more coming-of-age movies. If they put something like The 400 Below's out, they put out Richard Linklater out, um, yeah, this would be a really good coming-of-age movie, I think, added to the collection that doesn't even have a Blu-ray release that at least I'm not aware of. And if it, it does, tell me in the comments below, and I'll buy it. Um, he, the, the lead in that movie actually was in the, um, the Morse, uh, Moorhead and Benson movie Spring. I don't know if you've seen that movie. No, it's I haven't. really good. Um, it, I, I, it's, it's, uh, they put out this movie called Resolution, Spring, and, um, The Endless, I think The Endless is what it's called. More, um... I think it's it's, it's Moorhead and Benson is like the, the director's last names. And they, they've been putting out these really cool indie horror movies. But he's the lead of Spring, and he was in this movie called Thumbsucker. Really good stuff. The last movie I really want to see is an Al Pacino picture called The Panic at Needle Park. Um, it was one of his early films that came out in the, um, I think, late 60s, early 70s, before Godfather. And uh, it used to have a Twilight Time Blu-ray release. And unfortunately, timeline Ti- Twilight Time came out uh, out of business and their blu-rays are really like kind of out of print or they're really expensive and hard to get and the panic in needle park has like a region b blu-ray that's really ugly and it's not worth even getting so if like the criterion added it i mean that could be some good stuff i don't even think there's an al pacino film released in the collection and like one of the best actors ever doesn't have a release in the cr- criterion kind of stuns me a little bit he'll have the irishman coming soon but <laughs> Yeah, that's true. And I kind of want to make it two, you know? So it's like, mm. why not add this thing? So, I mean, it'll probably get bought up by another label, but I would love to see that movie. It's kind of a dark movie because it has to deal with him and, like, a heroin addiction with this love story interest as well. It's kind of a heavy movie, but still. I mean, they put really solo. They could put out something from Al Pacino. <laughs> <laughs> um. I don't know. I, I really like the Criterion Collection a lot. It's one of my favorite labels, but um, 
man, it's like you could talk about that label all day. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. There's like countless movies that I just haven't seen that I should. And that will be like cool to see where I'm at like a few months from now, how many more Criterion movies I've seen. So it's really exciting. I'm looking forward to the upcoming sale. I know they've been doing like 30% off on the website, but uh, 50% off is even better. So I'm definitely going to go pick some up. Chris, do you have anything you want to say about the Criterion Collection before the the listeners and the viewers kind of go, okay, I'm probably going to buy some movies anyway? (laughs) Uh, I really enjoy the movies that I have picked up on Criterion, and I would say, like, my advice, I guess, would be you don't have to buy every movie on Criterion. Like, you can pick and choose the ones that you really like or just blind buy here and there because I feel like that might save you some money and the risk of buying a movie that is just awful. Who knows? Boy, have you had any like Criterion like movies you owned and maybe re- and like sold or movies you saw from the collection and then just like eh, I don't really get the appeal of that movie. Is that are there any of those? Uh, I haven't bought any that I like don't like, so not really. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. Chris, if people are checking my channel out for some reason other than yours, how can they find you? You can find me on YouTube at Filmstocked. Uh, if you look that up, it should come up uh, on on Letterboxd. Uh, the same thing. Uh, you can look up Chris Bowie and Filmstocked will show up uh, on Twitter at Chris Bowie fifteen and Instagram at Filmstocked as well. Nice, uh, Chris. Is there anybody you want to shout out since you're on this podcast that's ultra po- popular or this YouTube channel that like people totally check out? <laughs> um. You should check out our weekly live streams. It's on Certain Vids YouTube channel. Uh, he's got great content, and we do that with Trevor Sondrel, who is uh, his channel is Film Geeks, and we usually just get together for about two hours on Sundays around four p.m. Eastern time and just talk about like movie news. Have like people stop by for questions and answers. It's a lot of fun, and you should try and make it next week. We might even do a watch along of Step Brothers, which is a hilarious movie, and that'll be a good time awesome might might tune in for that that sounds awesome yeah um well chris unfortunately this is the part of the 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 podcast where uh people decide you know they probably should turn (laughs) this off (laughs) um anyway um chris thank you so much for being on here for a second time i really appreciate it always have a lot of fun talking with you oh yeah um and i hope to see what you pick up on july and uh, i'm really excited about that yeah i can't wait yeah but anyway, if you want to follow Chris, he's on YouTube at filmstock.com or filmstock.youtube.com. Um, and yeah, other than that, my name is Chris here at the Hurtastic Podcast. Um, and I appreciate you all for tuning in and listening to this. Um, I'm sure you're barely tolerating me because you're probably a relative or a deep friend of mine. Um, but other than that, thank you all for listening. And remember, if you're not buying or watching boutique label Blu-rays, are you really a fan of film? I beg you to answer that question. If not, I'll see you next time.